Hello, everyone, and we are back with another edition of Reality TV One Hit Wonders. I am David, and with me, as always, is... Jeff! How are you doing, Jeff? I'm wonderful. How are you today, David? Doing great. I'm ready to get some more names and uh, start kicking people out. Uh, if you, Sounds like a plan. If you did not listen to our first one, I highly suggest you go back and listen to it so you'll be a little less confused. We have 25 names so far. We are trying to come up with the top 25 one-hit wonders of reality television. These are people, not shows. There's been a little confusion about that. But people who have only been on one season of uh, their show, and we really think that they stood out during their season and surprised that they haven't had another season back. Yes. So, I'm going to quick go over the list we have now. We've been doing it in ranking order. What happens is I pull out a name, we put it in a place uh, somewhere within the 25 list, uh, and then we take another list and, or take another person and we go on from there. Last time we had all tw- the first 25, so every single position is filled. So now it's time to start kicking people out. We'll put a name and it will be replacing someone on the list, and someone from the list will be going off of it so really quick number one we have right now is shane powers from survivor panama uh then we have twyla tanner from survivor vanuatu tara and will from the amazing race meatloaf from celebrity apprentice cindy lopper from celebrity apprentice james rocky reed from survivor eric stein from big brother roger bingham from survivor mark curry from celebrity mole Shamba Waters from Survivor, Piers Morgan from Celebrity Apprentice, Jonathan and Victoria from The Amazing Race, Jervis Never Nervous Peterson from The Original Survivor, Jay Hatcow from Pirate Master, John Robert Belande from Survivor, Frank Udy from Big Brother, Bopper and Mark from The Amazing Race, Michael Cowboy Ellis from Big Brother, Earl Cole from Survivor, James and James from The Amazing Race, Ian Rosenberger from Survivor, Michael and Kevin from The Amazing Race, Sean Kniff from Survivor, Clay Jordan from Survivor, and finally, at the very bottom of the list, Danielle Murphy from Big Brother. I'm no expert, but I'm pretty sure the next person we pull out, unless they are absolutely horrible, uh, Danielle is going to be kicked off the list. I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah, she is, uh, she's more like an honorable mention, hey... Her name's there, but uh, nowhere near top 25. Definitely. All right. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Next person. Oh, boy. Heavyweight. We are starting off part two with a bang. Flo and Zach from The Amazing Race 3. Yeah. Thoughts yeah. on Flo and Zach? Well, um, Amazing Race 3, I never finished it, but I did watch like the first half. And from what I gathered from the first half, you had Zach, who was a really good guy, really, everyone really liked him, and you had Flo, who was the exact opposite of him. Yeah. And then, of course, they go on to win. Yeah, Flo was about as whiny and as annoying as you could get. She she wanted to quit like 17 times. Uh, she was just really seemed to be a horrible person, and uh, Zach was like a saint and just put up with her the whole time and and how he did it i don't know but then they yeah they managed to win and you sort of like yay i'm happy for zach and oh that's horrible why did flo win so 
So you sort of had this mixed feeling, but she was definitely Flo was definitely a huge villain in the Amazing Race, uh, and and very much uh, standing out in all the Amazing Race seasons as someone who uh, really took the whiny annoyingness to the next level. Yes. So here is the question: Where do we put her on the list? I would say we put them, I would move to put them, um, around, somewhere around where Jonathan and Victoria are, which is currently number 12. Would you say that Flo and Zach are better than Piers Morgan? No. No? Would you say they're better than Jonathan and Victoria? I, I would be okay with seeing them either above or below Jonathan and Victoria. I would say they're above simply because they lasted the whole season and ended up winning, which is a lot more storyline where Jonathan and Victoria got out halfway through. Okay. But uh, you you still think Piers is higher than Flo and Zach? Yes. All right. Uh, I'm I'm just looking at everyone else and yeah I'll 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 go with you. We'll put we'll put Flo and Zach at number twelve, and that means Danielle Murphy is the first casualty of not making the list. Sad day. Not really, but. <laughs> But that means that Clay Jordan is now on the bubble. Not looking good for him. And uh, Shane Powers is still on top. As we move on to our next name, here we go. Oh, a new show we haven't talked about yet. Uh-oh. From the Joe Schmo Show, Matt Kennedy Gould. Ooh, I love Matt. Thoughts on Matt Kennedy Gould? Well, uh, Matt was just great. He was... He was the perfect Joe Schmo. He was completely clueless the entire time. He had, like he never once thought, "Oh, this might be a complete hoax." He was he played along with everything they wanted him to do. He was just and he was a good guy. He was always like always did the right thing. Um, just just a really stand up guy and really deserved to come back. Obviously not for the Joe Schmo show. Or maybe as an actor for the Joe Schmo Show. But really, he deserved to come back on another reality show and, and actually try to win a reality show. Yeah. Uh, the thing interesting about the Joe Schmo Show is really, they only have one person each season that could be thought of for this list, you know. Um, right. So they are the focal point of the entire series. That being said, he he was just very entertaining to watch in gold and someone you really rooted for and liked and, and wanted to see succeed. And he was funny. He had a lot of wit to him. You know, he, he he was if he was on Survivor, he'd be just as entertaining, I think. Yes, I agree. So, where does Matt Kennedy Gould go on our list? Um Is he top five tier? No. No. Is he I see him as like a watered down version of Eric Stein almost. All right, so I put him below Eric, but I'm not quite sure how far below Eric. Would you say that Matt Kennedy Gould is higher than Jervis? I would say no. Would you say Matt Kennedy Gould is higher than Frank Udy? Yes. All right, how about John Robert? No. So uh, below John Robert, above. Frank Udy. I, I would even put him above Jean Robert. That's fine. I could see him above Jean Robert. Okay. Let's, like I'm not I'm not tied to the idea of him below Jean Robert. Yeah, let's do that then. Below Jay Hatcow, above Jean Robert. Which means 
Goodbye to Clay Jordan. Yes. Second casualty. It was so sad to see him go. And now on the bubble is Sean Kniff from Survivor Borneo. As we get another name. Or for those of us who pronounce his name correctly, Sean Kenneth. Sean Kenneth. I'm sure that's not how you pronounce it. That's how Jeff Probst pronounced it. Well, then I'm sure I'm wrong. (laughs) I like Kniff. It sounds better. It does. I agree with you. Kenneth. That's like Kenneth, but with two F's at the end. (laughs) Yes. All right. Uh, We go from one mat to another mat from Big Brother Matt Hoffman. Big Brother 12, part of the brigade known as the Brains. Oh, Matt. Yeah, it took me a second. The diabolical super genius who lied about his wife having a rare disease. Yes. Uh... I would say I would say the most entertaining person on that season, but there was uh, a there's a lot of good people. That's up for debate. Rachel. Yes, Rachel. Oh. Okay, how about the most entertaining one hit wonder from that season? Yes. I okay. Agree. But uh, what were your thoughts on Matt Hoffman? Oh, I liked Matt. I thought he was kind of a, just like he seemed like just a cool guy. I thought he was like a perfect Big Brother player. He was smart, athletic. Um, strategic, everything. So, I liked him. Yeah, same here. There's, there's like a certain type to me of Big Brother player that I really enjoy, and that was that's the Eric Stein, Dan Giesling, and Matt Hoffman feel, uh, goes into that group for me as someone who's very strategic and knows what they're doing, but also has a wit about them and makes humorous confessionals and just seems to be likable. And, uh, you know, Matt was a little over cocky. Uh, he got the uh, diamond power of Vito and used it to get out Kathy, which a lot of people thought was maybe not the uh, <laughs> the best way to utilize that power. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the brigade ended up turning on him just because he was, you know, too much of a threat. Because <clears throat> he also had that uh, bromance with Reagan. And uh, there was just a lot of a lot of storylines that centered around Matt. Well, and he was a good person to take all the bullets for the brigade. Yep, yep. So my question is: Is Matt Hoffman better than Eric Stein? No, I liked Eric better. I would, yeah, I would say Matt Hoffman was more strategic than Eric Stein, but uh, Eric, because he was America's player, you really related to him and rooted for him. And wanted to, to see him go along. So I, I'd be okay with that. Matt Hoffman better than Jervis. Well, he wasn't never nervous. He was quite nervous. So I think right there. Um, no, I'm just messing with you. But uh, I would say yes, better than Jervis. Better than Jonathan and Victoria. This is where it gets tricky. What do you think? I'm going to say he's definitely below Flo and Zach. But I, I could would... see... Higher or lower than Jonathan Victoria, I could go either way. I say above Jonathan and Victoria. All right, that's sort of what my inclination was as well. So we have Flo and Zach at 12, Matt Hoffman at 13, and Jonathan and Victoria at 14. Which means that the ever-lovely Sean Kniff, or Kniff, whatever you Kenneth. call it, is out. It's out. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Three people out. I still have lots of names left. Let's get another one. Oh. <laughs> oh. This this 
the this is a team from the Amazing Race, and they are near to dear, near and dear to my heart. I sort of love them every time they're on screen. Uh, from the Amazing Race Seven, Meredith and Gretchen. I love Meredith and Gretchen. <laughs> I totally agree with you. They were okay. My little background on Meredith and Gretchen for me. I was always the – I love the old teams. Every season I root for the old team. It makes me really sad that they don't have old teams on as much anymore because I loved rooting for the old team. Every season, I, I knew they wouldn't win. I knew they would be out really quickly. I don't care. I love rooting for the old team. Meredith and Gretchen, I believe, at least at the time of The Amazing Race 7, were the oldest team to make it as far as they did. I think they got, like, fourth place. Yes. And they made it – I mean, they were – they were old. Yeah, the so this isn't oh we're in our 50s or or we're, they're they're like 70s close. Yes. I mean, and they're, they're just the cutest old couple. And and what they would say, they just cracked me up with all their their lines. <laughs> and for me the entire season I couldn't remember which one was Meredith and which one was Gretchen. <laughs> Cuz it was a boy and a girl and they both had as we see it female names so it was just great because you just referred to them as meredith and gretchen all season they were hilarious they were the cutest old people ever and them. and they let's be fair they were pretty bad at the game okay oh yeah they were <laughs> they, they, they they were terrible at the game yet somehow they made it to fourth place which is amazing to me and it made me love them all the more there was the well, i think twice was it once or twice that they got last on a non-elimination leg I think it was just once, but I... Yeah. But uh, then they... It just every every episode, someone messed up worse than that. Yep. It's yeah. like the tortoise always beat the hare because the hares would trip and fall on their faces. And the tortoises, they were, they were steady. Would well, were speaking steady? of trip and fall on their faces, you have the episode where Meredith... Uh, or, or where Gretchen fell into the cave and cut her head... Yes. And then she's just bleeding, and then they keep going, and that's when they end up getting last. But somehow they make it through that, and uh, they're just such an endearing couple. I don't know if physically they'd be able to do it again, but I would love to see them on again. Yes, I would agree. So, where does Meredith and Gretchen go? They're just so different than all the people that we have on the list so far. It's really hard to place them. Yeah. Higher or lower than Matt Kennedy Gould? Oh, I'd say higher. All right. Higher or lower than Jonathan and Victoria? I mean, if we're talking about one-hit wonders, people were surprised have never been back on the show. If we're talking about people that we enjoyed watching, I'm much more surprised that Jonathan and Victoria haven't been back on, but I'd much rather watch Meredith and Gretchen again. I mean, this is this is subjective. Uh, one-hit wonders. Who are the... You look at their season, who was great? Ah, uh, I hate subjectivity. I mean, I would personally put them above Jonathan and Victoria. Would you put them above Matt Hoffman? Why are, Why do you keep asking me? Um, <laughs> would you put them above Matt Hoffman? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I agree. They don't break the top ten, that's for sure. They definitely stand out to me. With Jonathan and Victoria, they're like the quintessential villain. I think people will remember them more long term. For me, I would maybe put them underneath Jervis. Oh, okay. Can we compromise and say between Jervis and Jonathan and Victoria? Sure. Bump and Jervis down, and Michael and Kevin from The Amazing Race are now gone. 
And on the bubble is Ian Rosenberger from Palau. We have yet to pull a name which immediately goes out, though, which means that there must be some big hitters left in the box. Well, here's a here's an interesting one. From Survivor Thailand, the winner, Brian Heideck. Talk about big one-hit wonders. I am actually shocked that he never came back. I mean, barring, of course, the fact that he went to jail for a while. <laughs> I'm shocked that he never came back. I thought he they would ask him back. So he's I, definitely a one-hit I, wonder. I don't think he had the best relationship with the people who run the show. Right. So... That... But was he as big of a hit among casual fans as he was again among hardcore fans of Survivor? I I see it as this: uh, a lot casuals saw him as a big villain. I mean, when I I would I consider myself a casual when I watched Thailand, and I did not like Brian at all. I thought he was a big villain, and I loved to hate him. That okay. being said, he was still a big like he is the season of Survivor Thailand after. Right. After Rob Z and Gandhi leave, he's sort of the show. Right. Do you think? Well, where would you place him? Would you place him above Flo and Zach? No. What about above Meredith and Gretchen? Uh, maybe. Well, do you think he's higher than Jean Robert? Yes. Do you think he's higher than Jervis? Yes. I would say he's higher than Meredith and Gretchen. Okay. What about Jonathan and Victoria? Possibly. Do you think he's higher than Matt Hoffman? No response. I do. I do, actually. I would put him below Flo and Zach. I, that's fair. I I don't think he can get higher, but uh, I think that's fair. And Ian Rosenberger, goodbye. You are the weakest link. Too bad we didn't have one-hit wonders from the weakest link. <laughs> no one yeah. remembers the contestants from the weakest link unless it's the celebrity one. That's true. All right. Oh, someone that uh, you wanted to make sure you included on the list. I had them on my list, but it's a, they're a bit foggier for me, but I remember them being a standout. From season two of The Mole, Al Spielman. Al Spielman. Oh, boy, do I love Al. Um, Al was quite possibly one of the funniest people to ever be on a season of a reality show. I truly believe that. He... Got, I believe, fourth place on season two of The Mole, as you said. He just, he had a one-liner for everything. He played along with all the games. He was really good at The Mole, obviously. He got fourth place. He, the funniest scene in that season, I still to this day contend, is um, when he had to sit in the room tiny with tiny bubbles. bubbles. Playing in the background for what was it like ten hours? Oh, that! And then he comes out and he just looks at Anderson Cooper, who was the host at that time, who I think would be on the list of best reality TV show hosts of all time. And he just looks at Anderson Cooper and, start, and just starts laughing. And oh man, that was great! It, yeah, he's just hilarious. He was, but he was also really good at the game. Yeah, so, I loved Al. Yeah, like I said, it's a bit foggy, but I definitely remember the tiny bubbles uh, where they're in that creepy, creepy house, and, and there's just like and weird Dorothy's dolls a, everywhere. Dorothy's in like a big tub of bugs. Yeah, Heather's in a room with this, I mean, fifteen foot python, and Al's in a really brightly colored room while Tiny Bubbles is playing in the background. 
And he has a great confessional at one point where he's like, they played Tiny Bubbles fast. They played Tiny Bubbles slow. They played Tiny Bubbles in Spanish. They played Tiny Bubbles in French. Like, he just lists off all the ways that they played Tiny Bubbles for 10 hours. It was great. So, where does Al go on our list? Oh, I put him pretty high. Really? Yeah. Higher than Piers? Yes. Wow, someone to break the top ten. We haven't had that one yet. Higher than Shambo Waters? Um, I gotta, I gotta say no on that. That's fair. I'd say probably say no on that as well. Unfortunately, I, I do love Al. But... I would put Al either above or below Brian Heideck. Okay, and I put him above Piers Morgan. So you have him at about thirteen. I have him at about ten, eleven. Why don't we put him at 12 and call it a compromise? Really? I don't think he's better than Flo and Zach. <laughs> I can put him above Brian. I can't, I can't see me putting him above Flo and Zach. Okay, David. For the sake of the length of this podcast. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking 14. So I, I'll concede and go up to 13. But as far as impact goes, I think... Flo and Zach had a much bigger impact. Well, yeah, but I mean, Al, like, The Mole is just such a different show. It's like comparing apples and oranges, really. We'll put them at 13, which means James and James from The Amazing Race are gone. And now Earl Cole is very close to getting out. How did we let this happen? Well, we have a lot of big names here. And you love Al Spielman for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) All right, someone from... Jeff's list from Survivor Token Cheens, Stephen Fishback. Yes, I like Stephen. Thoughts on him? I mean, I am surprised that he hasn't been back. He seems he was like really intelligent, had a good wit about him. Um, he wasn't as big of a character, and on a season where you had Tyson and Coach, he didn't really stand out as and much. And JT. Um, and JT. You know, while those guys were on, and Sydney. So your eyes were also diverted. <laughs> Um, he was a great strategic player. Uh, I loved his buddy relationship with JT. They're one of my favorite duos since Ian and Tom. Um, they they were just great together. And he had some strategy outside of that with Taj and with Aaron. So he had a lot of options, whereas JT was more just with Steven. <laughs> right. But that being said, I don't think he cracks the list. You know, I, I unfortunately do have to agree with you. I mean, I'm looking at Earl Cole, and I think Earl Cole is higher than Stephen Fishback. Yes, I, I am less surprised at Earl Cole not coming back, but I would much rather see Earl come back, if that makes sense. Yep. So, Stephen Fishback is the first person who doesn't even make it on the list, unfortunately. It's okay, Stephen. We still love you. Yeah, yeah. Just As far as one-hit wonders go, I mean, he is good, uh, very entertaining, but the, we have some big names here. Also, I'd like to point out, he either is or was dating Courtney Yates. And can you imagine how funny that relationship must be? Pretty good. They're just cracking cracking jokes all the time. Now, here's someone who has a chance of breaking the list. Another Survivor Panama person. We have Shane Powers at number one, Terry Dietz. That's one that I'm shocked has never come back. Like, legitimately surprised. Well, talk about Terry a little bit, Jeff. Terry was the uh, got third place on Survivor Panama. He was beside. He was the big person to win, right? He was the uh, besides Sari. 
him what? and Sari, him and Sari were the toss-ups of fans who fans See, wanted as to win. A casual fan, I disagree with you because I was a casual fan when Survivor Panama was airing, and I didn't like Sari the first time. I I wasn't a huge fan either. I was Terry all the way, but she had a big following as well. I'm just gonna say that. Okay, that's fair. But anyway, uh, he, Terry was the underdog. He was, you know. <sighs> the bottom of every alliance, but he won every single immunity except for the final immunity and ended up getting voted out at third. He was very much like Brett. To, to be fair, he also didn't win the final four immunity, but it didn't matter because he had the hidden immunity item. Right, he did. He, that's fair, that's fair. He was a lot like Brett from Survivor Samoa, except they actually showed him, and he became less of a gimmick could he win, but a legitimate everyone was rooting for Terry because they hated the other alliance so much. And, I mean, I've talked to some people who really didn't like Terry among the hardcore fans. I'm surprised how many Terry haters there are. Right. I, I don't. I didn't see anything unlikable he did except for kind of his fighting with Aris. So I guess maybe you were on Team Terry or Team Aris. But, uh, no, Terry was definitely entertaining and definitely uh, surprised that he hasn't come back. Although, there have been rumors... He was invited back for Survivor Fans vs. Favorites and was cut at the last minute, um, I assume for James Clement. Yeah. Because James was a last-minute addition. But yeah, Terry, when we interviewed him for David and Jeff's Survivor podcast, he said he was maybe like two days away from leaving for Survivor Fans vs. Favorites and was cut. That's got to be rough. It, uh, it is, yeah. So where does Terry lie on this list? Ah, see, that's a hard one. Because I'm shocked he hasn't been back, but I'd much rather see some of these other people back. It's kind of like that dichotomy I've been talking about the entire time. Is Terry better than Matt Kennedy Gould? No. I Nor Jean Robert. Yeah, I, I would say he's he's almost the survivor equivalent of Frank. They seem to be very similar. They A lot of people recognized their threat and wanted them off the whole time, yet somehow they survived. But right. when it got close to the end, they, they lost it. Right. So would you say he's better than Bopper and Mark? Oh, that's really rough for me. Can we do this? Can we put Bopper and Mark above Frank Beauty? <laughs> uh, you know him better. You know them better than I do. I, I, so. think, I think Bopper and Mark are better than Frank. So I'm going to switch those. Now, Terry Deet's better than Frank. Yes or no? Uh, I would say yes. With an asterisk that says, I'm sad, we have to get rid of Earl. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it had to come. Earl Cole is off the list. Terry Dietz barely makes it on at 23. So unless all the rest of these are duds, it's not looking good for Terry or Frank. Next name. Oh, the other Joe Schmo, Chase Rogan. Well, not the only other, but the only other good one. Yeah. The only other who stood out as a character of, in and of themselves. Why don't you talk about Chase, since you were such a fan of his? Chase Rogan, he was, I think he was even more moral and more more of a good guy than Matt Kennedy Gould. He was on the most recent season where they did this bounty hunter, and it was just really compelling to watch him struggle and cope with all the ridiculous things that they did. I mean... Jeff and I watched a show, and at one point we were like, they did like five crazy things, like absolutely ridiculous things, in one day. Yeah. And and how he processed that 
was just very intriguing to watch. He always had a sense of humor about him, uh, which I always think is good for uh, Joe has to have a sense of humor. Otherwise, he was also really naive, which I think makes a really good Joe Schmo, where yeah. he was like, you know, you really liked him mainly because he was so uh, pure. Like, he just kind of laughed along with everything, and, and whenever anything bad happened, he would just kind of laugh and be like, oh, I don't want to talk about this type of thing. Yeah. But uh, I liked him. I would say he was more – I would say he was probably more moral than Matt Kennedy Gould. But to be fair, he did tase a widow. <laughs> and, and that being said, how much I like Chase, I don't think he breaks the list. I would agree. Yeah. So Chase, honorable rec- mention, recognition, but doesn't crack the list. Oh, Someone from The Apprentice. Which one? The very first one. Sam Solovey from The Apprentice. I remember Sam. Sam was the first crazy person on The Apprentice. This was before where Amorosa was just more explosive. I wouldn't call her crazy yet. Sam Solovey was this sort of lunatic from the first season. He ended up getting third place and... Or third person out. Sorry, not third place. Nowhere near I was going to say, What? I don't remember that. No, third person out, but he was uh, he was just very out there, and uh, everyone was surprised he made it that far. The first episode, they had to, the task of selling lemon, lemonade to people. He was spent a half an hour trying to sell a, one glass of lemonade to someone for $1,000, and didn't happen, so he just wasted a half Which hour. Is a, um, nowadays doesn't sound very crazy, but back then... It was. Yeah, this is the very first task ever on The Apprentice. So, And this isn't Celebrity Apprentice. This is The Apprentice with totally normal people selling lemonade on the streets of New York, trying to sell the most glasses of lemonade, not getting $25,000 for a glass of lemonade. Yeah. Uh, the episode two, he... <laughs> He, at one point, was just, I guess, tired or something, so he just laid down on the ground in the, like, conference room in, in the fetal position while everyone else is trying to work. <laughs> and then the, yeah, he was... the third episode, they made him project manager because it was sort of put up or shut up, and uh, <laughs> he was sending he... everyone on a wild goose chase and really drove their team to the ground and ended up getting fucked. Yeah, he was, man. So... Ooh. Uh, yeah, he was something. I'm looking at this list, though, and I don't think he cracks it. I would agree. Uh, our lowest right now is Michael Cowboy Ellis, and Michael Cowboy Ellis made it all the way to the finals. Sam Solly was in three episodes. I mean, he, he was great. A standout from the first season, but not, not top 25. Yes, I would agree. So, moving on. Oh, boy. This is someone who could definitely make the list, and quite possibly very high on the list. From Survivor Borneo, Colleen Haskell. Ooh. Everyone's what-if girl. What do you mean Everyone by that? Everyone wanted to marry Colleen. Oh, okay. <laughs> the people who were married wanted to marry Colleen. She was the first reality TV sweetheart. America's sweetheart. Everyone was. adored her. I don't remember hearing anything bad about her. She... And as, as much as everyone wanted to date Colleen themselves, everyone also wanted Colleen to date Greg. Yes. She's just, uh, she made it to the last, um, the, the last Pagong standing, sixth place. 
and probably would have lasted longer if Kelly hadn't won immunity. But, well, and she had, she had, I mean, a really good chance to win had she not been on Pagong. Like, if she had made it to the finals, who would not have voted for Colleen? And and the thing that I really liked about her that maybe not everyone remembers, she was snarky. Like, she had, she, she, she had a, a wit, a sharp wit to her that she would just, <laughs> just lay into people, especially Richard Hatch. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that's, Congrats. that's one of the things I really enjoyed about her. Where do you think Colleen is on the list? She's she's just so iconic, and she really is. And if she wanted to come back, I think even now she would be on in a heartbeat. Even yes. though it's been, you know, twenty six seasons, I still think if she said, "Hey, I want to be on again," they'd be like, "Oh yeah, for sure." This is hard. Do you think she's in the top five? Well, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at Cindy Lauper, who's currently in fifth place. And once again, we're comparing apples and oranges between Cindy Lauper and Colleen Haskell. Yeah, you're you're watching them for completely different reasons. Right. And I'm thinking Colleen Haskell is probably around more of the Eric Stein, Roger Bingham place, which is seventh and eighth. Uh, if if we're gonna put her that low, I would put her above Rocky. That yes, I I didn't even see Rocky there. I would agree. So she's at least six. Do you think she's better than Cindy Lauper? I sort of think so. That that argument could be made. I mean, I definitely, I definitely like Colleen, but I, I, I'm also judging Cindy Lauper for many reasons other than her appearance on The Apprentice. Yeah, for her Apprentice alone, I would put Colleen above Cindy. Let's let's keep her below Meatloaf. I would agree. That's fair. So Cindy Lauper just helped me see my true colors shining through. Uh, are you coming out, Jeff? No. Oh. I'm just joking. But oh, okay. I do love me the Lopper. <laughs> All she right, so. The girls, they just want to have fun. <laughs> the first person to break the top ten and the top five of part two, and unfortunately, Michael Cowboy Ellis is no longer on the list. He he was good. I, I, I'm I sort of sad he's not on the list, but we just have so it many is. great people. We're having people. to cut some pretty good people here. Yeah. Next person. Oh, uh, I'm just gonna tell you now. This 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 person, our people will not make the list. But uh, honorable mention to the Gagan family from uh, Survivor or from the Amazing Race Family Edition. Were they the ones that you just pulled out? Yeah, the Gagan. I actually family. didn't even watch the Amazing Race Family Edition, so. Uh, like I said, they're not gonna make the list. Uh, that would be a travesty to everyone on the list. But uh, were they the ones who were like the huge villains? No, that would be the Weaver family. Uh, the Gagan oh. family is is one of the people from reality TV that I don't think a single person hated. They were they were a team of they had the youngest kids. They had like a nine year old girl and like a 11 or 12 year old boy and mother and father the the four of them they were just the nicest people they they seemed to always get along they were just like the perfect family that you wanted to root for and beat all these older people and <laughs> sort of less nice well, people most people bring like their college age son and daughter who could have won the amazing race on any other edition yeah these are high school and college age students the the team that won was like four Four people, uh, four siblings, all between the age of eighteen and twenty-five. Right. So I mean, it was I. You're you're having a, a nine-year-old go up against you know four twenty-one-year-olds. Right. 
so yeah, this is the team that I think everyone was rooting for, and they got out fifth or sixth, and it was it was really sad when they got out. That being said, nowhere near the characters of anyone on our list. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Oh, uh, another person probably won't make the list, but from Big Brother Twelve, Enzo Palumbo. You know, I actually was less of a fan of Enzo and more of a fan of Lane, so maybe you're more qualified to talk about Enzo. Well, Enzo, I think, was known as more of the the silly, goofy one in the brigade. He was from Jersey, and he had the the, the Jersey Shore accent. He, uh, I think most notably, he was in a penguin suit. Uh, <laughs> I do, I do remember that, and he really stood out to me in that penguin suit. He he just brought a lot of laughter and fun to the brigade, and uh, was just sort of the comic relief of the group. And he was liked by pretty much everyone, and which is why he got third because both of the other people knew that if they brought him to the end, that uh, they would lose. So I don't think he cracks the list. He's not better than Frank, but uh, he he was he was enjoyable and memorable from his season. Okay, moving on. Oh, controversial person from Survivor One World, Colton Cumbie. Ooh. You know, it's actually really interesting because for a while, Jeff Probst said there's no possible way Colton Cumbie will ever come back. But then recanted that statement a little later on. Yeah. So I'm wondering if we might see Colton sometime soon. Who knows? What are your, what are your thoughts on Colton? I mean, obviously everyone hates Colton. That's like, obviously, of course. But I don't think there's a person out there who likes Colton, <laughs> except for Colton. But, man, he was a good character. He made for great TV. I mean, that episode four of Survivor One World might be the best episode of the season where uh, the men choose to go to Tribal Council after winning the challenge. Yep. And so, I mean, this is a guy who didn't give his friend the hidden immunity idol after he was medically evacuated simply because he wanted a souvenir. Like, this is not a stand-up gentleman. <laughs> he just what said revile and him? hateful things to, to Bill Posley. Oh, and Bill was one. Of, Bill was my favorite person on Survivor One World. You and I both agreed he was our favorite to win coming into the game. Like, Bill, Bill had everything it took to win Survivor. He was funny, he was likable, he was athletic. But Colton didn't like him, and that was enough for some people, especially after Colton found the hidden immunity idol. Or didn't find it, was given it. <laughs> so, do you think Colton cracks the list? I mean, I almost think that he has to. Better than Frank? Yeah, he. I mean, a li- a one-hit one wonder list without Colton is like a one-hit wonder list without Colton. Better than Terry Dietz? Um, See, I would say no. Yeah, see, I wouldn't even say he's better than Frank, but I part of me, it almost hurts saying that he wouldn't be on the list. Well, why don't we put him on the list as number 25? He'll probably get bumped off, but at least that way he we can say at one point he was on the list. Since Frank will most likely be bumped off at a later date. Yeah, so we'll put him at 25. Goodbye, Frank. Hello, Colton. You probably don't have long. All right, next person from The Amazing Race 7... Lynn and Alex. Oh, I know them. I have to look them up really quickly. 
Lynn and Alex are probably some of the most flamboyant people I have ever seen on reality television. Yes, I do remember Lynn and Alex. And I remember liking them, but not that that's about it. So you're going to have to help me out. Lynn and Alex just, like I said, they're very flamboyant. Uh, they, they were dating at the time, I think. And... They they had a, a really good humor and they they just freaked out at everything. It was like ah <laughs> all the time. And I love their uh, th- how they interacted with the other teams is just enjoyable for me. And and to see how they hated Rob and Amber and didn't like them. They were big fans of Meredith and Gretchen. Um, and it, they were just sort of again sort of that uh, fun comic relief to that season where you had more serious people like Rob and Amber and Ron and Kelly. They were just more lighthearted and fun. That being said, they don't crack the list. I would agree. They, they were good, but not, not Colton Cumbie good. Oh boy. Another heavy hitter from survivor, the Australian outback, Elizabeth Filarski. Now oh. we are taking out post survivor anything they were talking about her stint on Survivor the Australian Outback, which is why I said Filarski. Right. To be fair, though, you say we're taking out post-Survivor. She's like Colleen. If she wanted to come back, she'd be back in a heartbeat. Absolutely. She's she's too big for Survivor now. Right. But even if she was, you know, and I mean, they've had celebrities on Survivor before, so it wouldn't be, you know, out of the ordinary. No. But yeah, she would be back in a heartbeat. Not only because she's famous now, but because people still to this day remember her. Even casual fans remember her. Yeah. So. I mean, she was the second sweetheart. And some people liked her even more than Colleen. She was, at the time when we watched it, I would say she was even more tender-hearted than Colleen. She was just so, so kind and likable that you really wanted to see her succeed. And so compassionate which is really hard <laughs> to think about for Survivor nowadays, but uh, she she and Roger were both just so good-hearted people that uh, that's the reason why they made it fourth and fifth, because the uh, the other three were like, we don't want to take Jerry and Amber. <laughs> Let's take Roger right. and Elizabeth. Well, um, and to, to a testament of how good-hearted they were, Roger gave up, like Roger told the Ogopor people to vote for him at fifth place because he wanted Elizabeth to get fourth he voted he got voted out of fifth because he wanted elizabeth to get fourth like these two people were amazing and their relationship really is what i think made the Karor tribe so likable uh i think you mean the kucha tribe ah the Karor tribe (laughs) had tom and ian (laughs) people were watching survivor palau and they're like you know i love that roger and elizabeth (laughs) season two this Karor tribe man (laughs) <laughs> no, uh, the Kucha tribe. Yes, the Kucha tribe. So now we're going to get to the age-old debate here, Jeff. Is Elizabeth better than Colleen? Oh. I, I'm not I'm not beating around the bush I, here. She can't be. She can't be. I'm sorry. I love Elizabeth, but Colleen is the survivor sweetheart. And anything Elizabeth tried to do, and I mean – it, Mario Lanza wrote writes some really good essays about Survivor, and he writes everything in season two was a response to season one, and I he makes a very good argument, and I, I agree with him. Elizabeth was trying to be Colleen, and simply because of that, you, I don't think you can say that she was better than Colleen. What if we put Elizabeth below Cindy Lauper, above Rocky? I would say that's acceptable. I would say. 
Ah, I don't. I don't know if I would want to put them back to back with each other. I don't know that you can put Cindy Lauper in the middle, and I think that I think that's good. Which means see, even like I had a crush on Elizabeth. I don't. I'm sure everyone did, but I wasn't allowed to watch Survivor season two. But the couple of times that I like caught a glimpse of it, I was always rooting for Elizabeth, and I had no idea about the story. I had no idea that she was on the bottom. I, I knew none of that. I just knew that I really liked Elizabeth just from the few moments of that season that I caught when I was first watching it. And uh, that means Colton Cumbie is now off the list. A short-lived triumph. Next person. Uh, th- these are two separate people that uh, that uh, Jeff wanted to include together, uh, who I personally don't think will crack the list, but from The Mole Season 5, Nicole and Paul. Yes. Well, if I, I remember you, I, you were talking to me before we started the podcast, and you said you considered Nicole and you considered Paul. And I said the only way that the two of them have a chance is if you put them together, because they made each other work, right? Like, they were the reason that it, that it worked between them. And their fighting uh, was hilarious and wonderful, and they even made up a song about the van being Paul-free. <laughs> Just that season would be different without Nicole and Paul together. And to be fair, I hated both of them. Yeah, Paul Free and Band Number Two. It's one of my favorite songs. Paul Free and Band Number Two. No, but um, Paul Free. Yeah, but as much as I enjoyed them, I would agree with you that they are not going to crack the list. Yeah, they were both villains, sort of, but they both hated each other, which is cool. <laughs> it's like two right. two villains against each other. Right. To but, be fair, I think most of the people in the season hated Paul more than they hated Nicole. No, no, no. Other way around. Right. I'm sorry. See, with talking, I can't talk. Yeah, talk most people hated Nicole much more than Paul. Right. Except for that one episode where Paul just angered everybody and they started singing Paul Free in band number two. Yeah. Someone who is uh, a late submission to it uh, from Mario Lanza himself, Raj oh. Botka from The Apprentice 2. Raj, yeah. That's a good one. And Mario Lanza wrote in to you just to include Raj? Well, he he commented on the first, when I posted the link for our part one, he he said something about Raj. So he wanted, okay. So I I thought we should at least talk about him, because he's someone who I forgot to include, but he he is a standout from The Apprentice, which there's not many from the original six seasons of The Apprentice. Right. Raj was, I, you know, I kind of, I'm feeling Mario. Like, I can I can see that. Raj was, he was a character. He was a character. He he was the, the first on The Apprentice to introduce us to the bow tie. Many tried to follow suit afterwards. He was very opinionated and outspoken. And just always appeared to be this classy guy. Right, uh, but he really wasn't. When he, he wasn't. He wasn't even that good at The Apprentice. No. And uh, I remember him. One one reward task they won that he got. They got to play tennis with this famous female tennis player, and he was just hitting on her the whole time. I wasn't. Oh, that was hilarious. And then and then he lost some sort of bet, so he had to run around the stadium in his boxers or something. And while they were doing that, the tennis player would just lob tennis balls at him and start hitting him as he was running around. That, yeah, that was hilarious. And I think if I remember correctly, they uh, they when they picked people for the final task, 
I believe that Raj was the last person picked. Because no one wanted Raj on their team. He very well could have been. But he, he so, was definitely a, a great character on The Apprentice and something that we didn't see that often, especially as you got on with later seasons. There weren't a lot of characters. Right. That being said, I don't think he cracks the list. I would agree. Sorry, Mario. I mean, Terry Dietz. I can't put Raj above Terry Dietz. I would agree. All right. Next one. Oh, from the original mole, Jim Morrison. Do you remember Jim Morrison? You got to give me just one second here just to remember him. Jim was the original strategic mastermind of the mole. Um, he sort of figured out who the mole was very early on. He made an alliance with someone very, or coalition, excuse me, very early on with someone and managed to shield everyone else from the mole for who it was, except for himself and and his coalition partner. They made it all the way to the final three, but he answered like a couple questions less than, uh, the other guys. So he ended up losing. Right. I do remember Jim. And Jim was kind of the one who patented the strategy on making everyone else think that you were the mole. Yeah, do suspicious things. Him and Steven, they they worked hand in hand. They both had the strategy of looking molish to others, shielding the mole, because they knew who it was and they didn't want anyone else to to know who it was. And then, yeah, it just came down to who answered more questions right in the end. But he... He had a great, I think he had a good sense of humor, and he was just so calculating and and the mastermind of that season. Yes. So, that being said, do you think he cracks the list? Uh, Unfortunately, no. I I really like him. I would love to see him on another show or bring back the mole and put him on, but... I would agree. I would also like to point out, I just kind of did a little bit of research. Um, Jim Morrison currently has a TV show on the LGBT channel called For and Against. It's a talk show. So he interviews policymakers and pundits spanning the political landscape. Interesting. Yes. Um, Unfortunately, his Wikipedia page doesn't even mention the mole. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, Um, I would also like to point out, I, I did more research, Raj Bakhta ran for the United States House of Representatives... Uh, under the Republican ticket in the Pennsylvania's 13th district, and lost to the incumbent. He w- he did win the Republican primary though. So, interesting. Yes, very interesting. If you're interested in that type of thing. So. All right. Unfortunately, Jim doesn't crack the list. As we go to the next person, oh, one of uh, one of Jeff's favorites from Big Brother 10, Jerry McDonald. Oh, I love me some Jerry McDonald. He was again. Uh, I was not a big fan of – I was not, like, a, a huge fan of Big Brother like I am now back when Big Brother 10 was airing. Hadn't watched most of the seasons, but I used my the same strategy in picking winners that I used for The Amazing Race, which is pick the old people. Well, he was also like, quite possibly the oldest person on reality television. I mean, was, wasn't he in his 80s or something? Oh, I, he had – let me look that up. He had to be. I mean, he was – he was old. He was old. I – if he wasn't in his 80s, he was close to him. I mean, he, he was someone who, who literally... 75. 75. He was one of the oldest people I've ever seen on a reality show. Which, I believe, Rudy Bosch was 73 or 76, I can't remember, when he played on Survivor All-Stars. 
Uh, I think when he played the original one, he was 72. He was 75 on Survivor All-Stars. So him and Jerry were the same age. And they were both, I mean, pretty old. But anyway, Jerry was just, I mean, I expected him to be this, like, kindly old man (laughs) who, um, you know, would clean that. Like, I almost expected him to be like a chicken, George. He'd clean the house. He wouldn't get very far. But everyone would really like him, and when they sent him home, they'd be they'd feel really bad, and he'd float for the entire game. Oh no, that was not Jerry. <laughs> Jerry McDonald was, was loud and outspoken. Loud, outspoken, Judas, ruthless, strategic. I mean, got third place. Has the seminal line for that season, which is "You are like Judas to me." I mean, yeah. he he would have been cast on Big Brother. Even if he was twenty four, like, and and that's the thing, he's playing Big Brother as a seventy five year old, and if anyone knows Big Brother, it is a young person's game. You know, oh, it absolutely is. A young most person. people are between the ages of twenty one and twenty eight on Big Brother. Yeah, and then they always have one or two token older people. Well, and older people in Big Brother means like thirty eight. <laughs> it's like yeah, in your late thirties, that's older. Or early 40s. I mean, last season, the token old person was, uh, was it Kalia? Or was that her name? The one who, Jody, who got voted off first. Oh yeah, Jody. And she was the token old person of season 14. And she was, you know, maybe 40 years old. Yeah, if that. What? I said if that. Right. So, to have a 75-year-old on and to do as well as he did was just amazing. I think Jerry makes the list. Really? Yeah. I don't think so. You think he's better than Terry Dietz? I mean, I, I, I do. I would say no. Well? Maybe Terry Dietz is too low on our list. He might be. Do you think Terry Dietz is better than Matt Kennedy Gould? You know, part of me says yes. Part of me says yes, too. So maybe it's just that Terry Jeets is t- too low on the list. Okay. So where should Terry be, then? Let's put him above Matt Kennedy. Under Jay. That being said, I think Bopper and Mark... I don't want to take them off the list yet. <laughs> You're in love with Bopper and Mark, I know. They they were great. You seriously watched their season. They were, they were good stuff. I'd be okay getting rid of Jean Robert. Okay. So we're going to put Jean Robert off the list. Bopper and Mark at 24, Jerry McDonald 25. Okay. All right. So we did some shuffling, but uh, I think this is good. I thought, I think Terry's better than those people. I mean, he is, he's a standout character, made it to the final three and was. Well, he, he was Survivor Panama. Him and Shane. Yes. All right. Next one. Uh, I think this is someone you put. Jane Bright from Survivor Nicaragua. Yeah, I mean, she was a huge hit among the fans. She won fan favorite. She was popular. Everyone, I think, liked her. She kind of had the same thing that Jerry did, where everyone expected her to be kind of feeble and old, and she ended up being kind of, you know, feisty. Um, That being said, I don't know that she makes the list. Yeah, I I think Survivor Nicaragua, not the, the most highly rated season, and Jane... I think she was likable, and then she just got ugly at the end. Right. And uh, I think that sort of tanked her. I, I don't think that's... I think that's why she wasn't as big of an instant, oh yeah, have her come back, is because she sort of ended on a low note. 
Well, and I mean, there's a lot of controversy there. There's a good possibility we'll never see her back because there's a big theory that she and Stash broke the rules and conspired to share the money. Yeah. So that be, that with that in mind, there's probably a good chance that they'll never bring her back simply because of that. Yeah. So. so while she was a big character on our season, I don't think she makes it. All right, next person. From the first Celebrity Apprentice... Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons is a big character. He is a big character. But he didn't uh, make it very far on the Celebrity Apprentice. No, he uh, he had it's a Kodak world, and he fell on his sword because he just thought that was the greatest thing ever, even though the executives didn't necessarily like it, and he was so st- stubborn that uh, Trump had to fire him. And I think if he hadn't have been so stubborn, he could have made it. He, he would have been much like Gary Busey, who made it to the second half of the game, even though he wasn't that competent. And I think I think Gene Simmons is definitely more competent than Gary Busey, but uh, he was also a, a sort of crazy guy, but he uh, was too sub- stubborn for his own good. Right. Well, and Gene Simmons and Donald Trump must be good friends, because Gene Simmons was part of a task in, like, season three, I believe, where they had to, like auction off celebrity experiences and Gene Simmons was one of the celebrities that, that was included. Um, so I was surprised that he didn't come back for Celebrity All-Star, or for Celebrity Prince All-Stars. Yeah, he, he would have been good. What? He would have been good. Yeah. Does Although he... they had too many crazy people Yeah. already. Does he crack the list? No, I don't think so. I don't he think can't. so. Not, like, it... As a person, probably, but not as a member of the apprentice. Yeah. Once again, he he's like Sam Solovey, where he was he had like three, four episodes, but not enough to be a one-hit wonder. All right. Uh, this next one uh, is definitely not going to be on the list. I can tell you that. Honorable mention: Colin and Christy from The Amazing Race Five uh, were one of the first power couples, but were also a big villain. Not a lot of people like them. Uh, and we're sort of excited to see their downfall. You don't know that much about Colin and Christy, do you? I actually haven't seen season five of the Amazing Yeah, uh, they were they were definitely standout. This is when they introduced uh, the yield, I think, and they got yielded and freaked out at the people who yielded them, and they were just a strong competitor, so everyone wanted them to get out. But they they bickered with each other, and and they were just very intense people. Uh, which made for a good villain. But uh, don't crack the list. They're, they're not better than Jerry. Next one. Oh, this this one this one could be big. Uh-oh. From Celebrity Mole Hawaii, Kathy Griffin. Oh, God. Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin. Quite possibly one of the funniest people ever to be on reality television. Uh, ever. Ever. Like, I mean, one of the funniest people ever. Yeah, she's a stand-up comedian. Now, this is a little controversial. She had she had her own reality show, but it was more of a you know follow her around do thing. She was been only in one reality show competition, and that was the Celebrity Mole. So that is why she's on the list. And oh, every time she had a confessional or talk, she's just cracking me up. She's so hilarious. And she, if I'm not mistaken, she won the game. She did. So she was smart. She figured it out, yet had this humor the whole time that made it 
Celebrity Mall Hawaii, absolutely hilarious, and one of my favorite reality show seasons it, ever. I think it's just her indignancy that make that makes her so great. She just like if you mess up, she just kind of looks at you and just says like, "You're just an idiot. You are the dumbest person I've ever met." She's also not afraid to call herself an idiot. Right. Which is good. One of my favorite moments of that season was they used to do, and I don't know why they didn't do it for the most recent season of The Mole, the last challenge was always a question challenge where you had to answer a bunch of questions about your fellow contestants. Yes. And then they had to guess who you answered. Yes. And then if you got all three of them right, then you found them. And, like, it was one of those. They kind of made it fun where if you picked Frederick, you go this way. If you pick Eric, you go this way. Um and if you got all three right, then you would find them. Uh, and Kathy picked Frederick for every single question as a way to – I don't know if she was trying to throw Eric off. I don't know what she was trying to do, but it seemed like a terrible strategy. Oh, it, it – it, well, it was funny. It would have been a good strategy had the host not revealed the strategy to them, which is the right. – which is one of my favorite lines where after she he the host Ahmad Rashad points it out, she's like, Oh, I didn't know you knew that. Or we're going to reveal it. <laughs> and I just I, I love I love that yeah, she's like, Oh, crap. <laughs> I got caught. So um, before we put Kathy Griffin on the list, I'd like to know your opinion, David. Best celebrity or best mole host, obviously Anderson Cooper, right? Yeah. Who was better, though, Ahmad Rashad or John Kelly? I think Ahmad Rashad was perfect for the celebrity versions. He was lighthearted, fun, which was good. For the for the regular one, it's more of a serious show, so you needed a more serious host, which uh, Anderson Cooper did perfectly, and uh, I thought the other guy, I'd forget his name, did, 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 well, did good as well. But I think since Celebrity Mole... It's just, oh, it's just so funny. It's like a comedy show. Right. Uh, I think you needed someone who would let the comedic juices flow and not be like, okay, guys, this is serious. Right. Okay, so Kathy Griffin, where would you put her? She's high, I gotta tell you. Yeah, I agree. Is she top ten? Is she above Roger Bingham? Oh, yeah. Is she top five? Is she above Colleen Haskell? Right now, I would put her above Meatloaf. Ooh, I would agree. I can, Below I can Tara and Will, I think oh, she's just fantastic. Watch that season. I die laughing every time I see it. And, and it's what's great is you can watch it in an afternoon, the, the whole season of Celebrity Mole Hawaii. It's like right. six episodes or something. And it, it's just phenomenal. I love the Celebrity Mole Hawaii. Yes, it was great. So are we putting her in fourth place? If, if that's okay with you. I, it's perfectly fine with me. Then Jerry McDonald is gone. Yes, and your favorite spopper and marker on the bubble. They About are... how many names do we have left, David? Uh, 10 to 15. Ooh, so bopper and mark might be going. Oh, yeah. But that also means the top 10 are at least safe. They will be on the list. Oh, next one. Another apprentice person. Someone, if there, if there is going to be another apprentice person to crack the list, it may be this person. From The Apprentice 1, Troy McLean. I did like Troy. Cowboy Troy. He's from Boise, Idaho, and boy was he good at The Apprentice. He really was. Yeah, he had this charming likability, and that really helped him in all the tasks as well. 
boy, he was great. And he had the, the buddy relationship with him and Kwame. He was just, he was a really standout to me. Would you put him on the list? I would. Okay, where? Under Terry. Under Terry. So you would take out Bopper and Mark. Put Matt. Drop Matt Kennedy Gould, but leave Terry where he is. I'd agree with that. Okay. I think uh, Troy McLean was just, uh, he, he was great. He was such the likable person. He was the person to root for on the first season of The Apprentice. You know, he was the hero. Omarosa was the villain. And then we had Bill and Kwame in the finals. But uh, he was great. I agree. That first season of The Apprentice was cast so well. It, it's good. You know, there there is some debate that season two is even better than season one. But I'll say season three through six of The Apprentice don't hold a candle. I, I agree. Season three through 15 of The Apprentice, whatever we're on now. Well, I, yeah, I, I think Celebrity Apprentice is just a completely different show. It's so... I, I can't even compare it to the original Apprentice. Someone on Jeff's list from Survivor One World, Kat Ederson. Oh, you know how much I love Kat. Well, why don't you share that with the listeners? Yes, uh, Kat was just one of the quirkiest people on the show. And, I mean, she was funny. She had one of the best lines of the entire season since the season was so terrible. But she had one of the best lines of the entire season where she said, I think blind sides are really fun, and then gets voted out immediately. Um, <laughs> the challenge where she uh, kept falling off the balance beam. Yeah. And then she, like, I hated her for the first two episodes because I thought she was really, like, dumb, and I don't know why they voted Nina off when they could have voted her off. But then she had this challenge where she just, like, she just has all these dances, and, like, she's always, she has a good attitude throughout the entire season. And, uh, well, David, you know this. You and I got the unique opportunity to talk to Kat, and she was very much the same as she was on the show, except much more vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they, I don't know if they watered her down on the show or if she watered uh, herself down, but she was very fun to talk to, but quite vulgar, but really, really cool and and nice. And now, little tidbit, she is dating Hayden, winner of Big Brother Twelve. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I don't think she makes the list. It hurts me, but okay. Uh, also. Yes. There's a rumor that she wouldn't even be eligible for the list soon, so just throwing that out there. All right. Well, let's do some fast track. There's going to be some people here. We'll talk briefly about them, but probably won't make the list. From uh, Big Brother 6, Yvette Corridero. Why is she even on the list? She was standout during her, her season. She was oh, She why? was a loud vocal... Person. I didn't like Yvette. I, I didn't like her. She was a villain for sure. No, I mean, I didn't even think, I don't, I, I didn't even, like, like, I didn't. She um, almost I, came back for All Stars. I mean, she was, at the time, she was a, a bigger star. That's true. Unfortunately, she was in, she was in a, a season that had lots of stars. Right. Uh, well, and her alliance, the friendship. Oh, was, was hated. One of the most hated alliances of all time. But by the fans, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I do, uh, anyway, can, let's go on. Continuing. Natalie and Nadia, Amazing Race. Ooh. I, you know, they could make the list. I could see a situation in which they could make the list. I really liked the Twinnies, but I, I understand they probably won't. I, I like them. Um, you know, they were 
They were annoying as all get out to me. Twinny, twinny, twinny. Uh, they, they liked to, uh, to ha they had a little bit of charm to them, liked to, to mess with the other teams, but, uh, if I would put them anywhere, it'd be 25. Do you think that they're better than Matt Kennedy Gould? I'd say no. Okay, that's fair. Next one, James Miller, Survivor Palau. You're saying James Miller deserves to be fa fast-tracked? I'm saying he doesn't make the list. Oh. Prove me wrong. He was, I mean, if you watch Palau again, the first half, in my opinion, is James Miller. He has got the best accent, he is hilarious, and as Mario Lanza points out, he every prediction he makes the entire season ends up being wrong, and it becomes one of the best like running gags on the show. That James, Every time James, James Miller has a confessional, he's wrong. And he just, I mean, he is funny, he is, I, I can't say enough good things about James. And I agree with you, he's good, but is he better than the people on the list? Oh, I think he is better than Matt Kennedy Gould. Okay, better than Trey McLean. I would say no. I'll put him at I 25. No. I, I'll bump Matt Kennedy Gould for James Miller. He, he was a great character. Uh, if he would have made it longer term, he could be one of the top characters. But I think oh, just I the fact that he was only a pre-merge is what hurt him. All right, Tarzan Greg Smith, Survivor One World. Yeah, he was crazy. He was your, on your list, so you No, he was him. on your list. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. Definitely not. Yes, you made, him, you made me write him down. I know I because these are different right. pieces of paper, and I the one this is one of the ones that I wrote down quickly when I was going over yours. You made me write down Tarzan. I I take that statement back. I must have been <laughs> drunk. Uh, other than uh, that's dirt and it's not poop. Uh, I mean, he he had these big words and and stuff, but I don't think he's twenty five material. No. Uh, Asmus. Was that, did I really? Oh, man. Yes, yes. Ugh. Next one, Asmus from Pirate Master. See, I thought, uh, you thought Jay was the breakout character of Pirate Master. I thought it was Asmus. Uh, probably Jay happened after Asmus started coming out, and I still haven't had a chance to watch Pirate Master, even though you sent me the link. But, um, I liked Asmus a lot, even though he was hated by most of the people on the show. But, uh, I, did, does he break the top... 25 probably not he was a great character um he really did embrace his pirateness yes he uh, was on pirates of the caribbean the third the third one which was called um at world's end just as a very minor character but um does he make the top 25 probably not brian and greg amazing race seven i know nothing about that <laughs> look at look it up i mean you've seen robin amber season right yeah yeah they were they were probably one of the most fun, amazing race teams that I have ever uh, known. They were just so likable. They're two brothers, uh, just making the the season enjoyable, lightheartedness, funny. And when they thought they were going to be uh, last place and it could be elimination or non-elimination, most of the people, because at this point you lost all your belongings, most people would like wear eight layers of clothing before they went to the finish line. They had the opposite. They're like, if we just come in our swim suits and tundra hats and nothing else, how can they eliminate us? <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so you they go to the finish line in their box, uh, in their uh, swimsuits and tundra hats and nothing else. But unfortunately, it was an elimination and they had to leave. Such a likable team and so fun to watch. But uh, they got out halfway through, so long term, they didn't quite have it. So I don't think they make the list. Okay, I agree. And I really, I, I remember the moment where you talked about they came in their swimsuits and tundra hats, but I don't really remember them other than that. So, Teresa Cooper. You you don't like Teresa as much as I do. I I enjoy Teresa. I think she was she was great on the season. She's very likable, but as far as great twenty five one hit wonders, not there. Okay, but you want to say a little bit more about her? Yeah, Teresa was just like she was supposed to be the Tina of Africa, which is why uh, it's speculated that the producers actually bumped her from her original tribe and put her on the other tribe to give her less of a chance of winning. So that way two Tina's wouldn't win in a row. But, uh, she was, she was funny. She was dynamic. She was likable. She apparently joined the mile high club at one point. Um, she was just, she was great. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to say beyond that. All right. Uh, Amy Cruz, big brother three. Oh, I didn't like Amy. Amy was, uh, she was the first person, maybe of all reality television, to, to come back onto the, to sh- the show in the middle of the season. Uh, someone who got voted out and comes back into the game. Very emotional, loves cheese, um, was sort of Marcellus's right-hand person. And ended up to be, be fair, who doesn't love cheese? <laughs> that's, that's true. But ended up surpassing, uh, surpassing Marcellus and getting, I think, fourth place. Because of Marcellus's boneheaded move, because he thought everyone would vote out Amy and keep himself, but that did not happen. <laughs> right. But uh, I thought she was a good standout character who's who's never been back. Uh, not twenty five though. Would you agree? Yes. Nate Gonzalez, Survivor Cook Islands. Another one. If he had made it further in the game, I could see putting him on the list. But man, he was funny. He was dynamic. He all of his confessionals were hilarious. But he, they didn't really show him because. There were so many other people on that season that they wanted to show, like Becky. Um, so that was that was a joke, David. <laughs> yes, I got it. <laughs> okay, just want to make sure. He has a great line where he wants to chop the other team up like poop. Apparently, he chops his poop. Didn't know that was a thing. Um, but yeah, really funny, cool guy. But they just didn't show him enough, I don't think. Yeah, Bob Crowley. Oh no, I'm gonna have to choose between Bob and James. Yep. Oh, how can you make me do this, David? I choose Jane. <laughs> yeah, I would as well, but with the caveat that I love Bob. Bob is awesome. Winner of Survivor Gabon. Uh, I think one of the most underrated winners. Yeah, he was definitely... Gabon's an interesting season because the the power shift, all the, the, the big people who you think would do well get out because of these underdog guys. And then the underdog of the power group comes back to win. So, yeah, it's definitely an interesting season. Right. Heidi, Survivor Amazon. Ooh, there's one that might break the list. What are your thoughts on Heidi? Uh, Heidi is one of the kind of most unintentionally humorous people of Survivor Amazon. She thinks she's much better than she is, but she she doesn't realize why that's funny to everyone else. Like, she, she also really thinks that older women are jealous of younger women. And their bodies. Um, there's a, this, a scene where they're bathing in the river, 
And she's like, well, the younger women just had to split off because for some reason older women are always upset at younger women who have their bodies and it, we just don't want to have to deal with that. Like she's doing a favor to the older women by – yeah, it's she just, was um, she was sort of like the light version of Colton Cumbie, where she was the villain because of the things that she was saying. Right. And not, didn't realize it. Not quite nearly as hateful and vindictive as Colton, but... Right. So do you think Heidi makes the list? If she does, it's bumping James. I'm aware. No, I meant... I put, oh, I if she put does, a, she's 25. Yeah, she's 25. I don't think she's better than Troy McLean. I would much rather see James back than Heidi. Okay. You want to keep James at 25? Yes. All right. Uh, someone who will make the list. Frank and Margarita. Amazing Race 1. Oh, jeez. They were sort of the first uh, super intense team of the Amazing Race. Uh, sort of sort of villains. I mean, Joe and Bill were the number one villains. But... Uh, it was it was fun because they're like, oh, New York City, this is where we are in the final thing. We're going to totally beat everyone, and then they lost. So right. that was entertaining. Also, if you've never seen The Amazing Race, if you've never heard of somebody named Margarita, watch The Amazing Race 1 because there's two people named Margarita. I've never heard that name. So were- I thought they were great on the, the season that they were. They're true characters, and but not 25. Agreed. Marty Piombo. Survivor Ooh, Nicaragua. He was good. He uh, uh, he was kind of like Brenda, where early on in the season, everyone expected him to do really well, and then he just got voted off far too early for his time because of a stupid mistake or whatnot. And then um, two people quit, which really like right, exactly. So, but you've interviewed Marty. What it, what is it like? What is Marty really like? Marty's great. Has a great stress strategical mind and can analyze things and is really interesting and fascinating to listen to. Is he better than James? I still say no. What I, do you think? I, I was thinking no. I don't think he cracks the list. Okay. Natalie Bolton, Survivor, Micronesia. She was on my list, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love Natalie and I'd love to see her back, but uh, again, don't think she makes the list. She has some really great lines, but she was so invisible for the first half of this season. Yeah. If you really want to know more about Natalie, you should check out my Survivor blog called Jeff's Survivor Blog, because only recently she was inducted as the 73rd most entertaining person of Survivor. So throw that plug in there. All right. Jeff Kent, Survivor Philippines. Once again, a really good character. I don't know that he could ever come back, though, simply because of his status as now everyone knows he's a baseball player. Or everyone on Survivor knows he's a baseball player. Yeah. I think it would be interesting to see him come back. He was definitely an intense guy. It was cool to see his strategy. Uh, his, for some reason, dislike for Jonathan Penner. Right. I still don't understand that. But uh, not better than James. Agreed. Todd Herzog, Survivor China. Really, really good character. One of the most predictable winners I think we've ever had. Um, really funny, though. Really good strategic mind. Once again, though, not better than James Miller, I think. Jason Guy, Big Brother 3. I know we both love Jason. Oh, we do. I'm a huge Jason fan. But is he is he a big enough character to, to break the, the 25? I don't know. You what, what do you think? I mean, he was my favorite of Big Brother 3. I loved him, but 
he was very o- overshadowed by Danielle, uh, his alliance right. partner, and she sort of stole the show. And he was just there, sort of smiling in the background, like he totally right. would have won if he made it to the finals. But that being said, I mean, he was more a big character because he was such a nice guy. Yeah. Like, is there anything bad you can say about Jason? Not that I can think of. Right. And that he wasn't, like, he was, sure, he was strategic, he had a really good alliance, but I think his appeal was more because he was so... Nice. ...lightful yeah. and nice. But I don't I don't know if he's better than James. Right. If we're talking about bringing people back, you don't really bring someone back just because they were nice. All right. Five people left. We will see if any of them can crack the top 25. We've been having a hard time so far. Star Jones, Celebrity Apprentice. Oh, there's a... You know, I didn't like her, but she was uh, good at the game. She brought drama. She was like uh, the new Amorosa. Right. She was good at playing the game, being manipulative, and and out-talking people. Hmm. Do you, Do you th- think top 25? I'm thinking no. Yeah, I would agree. All right, four left. Lisa Lampanelli, Celebrity Apprentice. Ooh. Very, very good character. Gotten a lot of fights with everyone, but man, she her fights weren't frivolous. When she got in a fight with you, you should be scared. Emotional, she... strong leader, and, and had a wit to her. It was, right. It was very snarky and demeaning, but definitely a, a wit to her. Right. I don't know. I think she may be better than James. You know, unfortunately, as much as I love my James, I have to agree with you. I don't I don't know if she's better than Troy McLean though. I'd agree. So we'll keep her at twenty five. Unfortunately, James just got bounced off. That leaves us with three left. The last celebrity apprentice on our list, Annie Duke. I actually still haven't seen season two, so that's all on you, buddy. Why does it look like it's from your list? I she definitely wasn't from my list. Okay. Annie Duke I don't think she cracks it. I mean, she was she's a great strategic player. A lot of people think she should have won over Joan Rivers, but I don't I don't know if she's a big enough character to to break the list. Okay. Leaves it with two. Two left. BJ and Tyler, the Amazing Race Nine. Uh, once again it's all on you, buddy. This is uh this is the hippie team. Boy were they they were standout to me. They were, had a free spirit, fun-loving attitude, and they ended up winning. And they were like, it's one of those winners where you, I was completely satisfied. They were so such a great team. You enjoyed seeing them throughout, and that, that they managed to, to win against the, the, uh, the frat guys who were sort of more villains, I think was really redeeming in the end. So I would say I would put them on the list. Where? Maybe... Below Terry, above Troy. Okay. And then we bump Lisa Lampanelli out. Which brings us to our last person. Okay, so here's what's happening. Troy McLean is on the bubble. It's going to be between Troy McLean and this person for the spot on the list. This person could be higher, but Troy is the one who's going to have to suffer. Chris Doherty. Ooh, I... I, I you have to put him on the list. Really? Yes. Do you disagree? Sort of. What? Well, make your case. Make your case. My case is he is first an underdog winner. Second, had amazingly hilarious confessionals. 
third was supposed to be, for all intents and purposes, the first person voted off of Survivor Vanuatu. Fourth, he manipulated every single person, every single vote. The Julie vote, the uh, the uh, the Eliza vote, voted out Scout, who should have like was was the person if Chris didn't win, Scout was going to win. Like he just one of I think one of the best, most deserving winners. And the fact that he hasn't been back, like wasn't back for Heroes versus Villains, was a crime. So where would where would you put him? See, I would almost put him like I I see I even put him maybe pretty high like around the Brian Heideck area. Huh? Where you you don't even think he deserves to be on the list, right? Oh, I'm trying to look through all the lists. Who am I most willing to give up from the list? And it would be Jay Hatcow. I, yeah. See, I don't know enough about Jay. That's that was your guy. I I say we remove Jay from the list. Keep Troy McLean on here. If if I, you seem pretty sold on Chris. Oh, I I'm absolutely sold on Chris. So then, where do you want to put Chris? Do you think he's better than Terry? Yes. I would put him between Jervis and Terry, then. Okay. Now, we have our 25 right here, but before we finalize this, let's let's look, and I think there may be some adjustments that we need to make in moving things around. Okay. I'll, I'll pick one that maybe I suggest needs to be switched around. You pick another one. James Rocky Reed. I think he's too high. I agree. I just and looking at the list now, he was one of the first person people we put on, and we put him on high because at the time there wasn't a whole, whole lot of good people. But now, I mean, everyone, everyone in that tier is sort of long term game, whereas James was not long tier. Right. So where would you put him? I would put him maybe above Al Spielman. Okay. Below Flo and Zach. I would agree. Alright, anyone that you think needs to be moved up or down? Um, let's see. I still think Chris is too low. And you'd put Chris... I would, Here's what I would do. I would switch Al and Chris. Okay, I'm more than... I think Al's too high. Okay. So James, Chris Doherty is higher than Brian Heideck? I, I think so. Okay. Is Brian Heideck too high? No, I don't think so. Okay. Do you think so? I don't know. I, I'm just looking at it. Is Meredith should Meredith Meredith and Gretchen be lower than Jervis? Um, I I think both of us have a deep love for Meredith and Gretchen. But, yes, I think they should be switched. Yeah. What about Meredith and Al? No, I I I like Meredith and Gretchen better than I like Al. Okay. What about Terry Deets? He seems pretty low. He does. And in terms of one hit wonders, he was big. Yeah. Where would you move him? Um, I mean, I think he needs to be above James. Above James? Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. Probably so, below Flo and Zach. I wouldn't put him above. Okay, so do you want to switch him and James or push everyone else down? Uh, let's push everyone down for now, and then we can we can move him lower if we need to. Okay. Roger Bingham, do you like where he is at number 10? I do. Okay. Uh, what about Mark Curie? I like him there, too. Okay. I'm kind of liking it. I think we have a good list. Yeah. Um, let's just... Our top five. Do we agree Shane Powers is number one? Yes. Yeah. Twilight Tanner, number two. Yes. Taryn Will, number three. I like that. Yes. Kathy Griffin, number four. I like that. Meatloaf Colleen. 
Meatloaf might be a little too high. That's what I was thinking. I think Colleen is top five. I would agree. So is Meatloaf better than Cindy Lauper? I think so. Like we said, Cindy Lauper went out earlier than Meatloaf. I think that's true. You know, we have three survivors in the top five, but they they are big people. I mean, they really are. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth higher or lower than Cindy Lauper? Oh, see, it's so hard because it's hard not to take cultural like. Well, I would say this: Cindy Lauper again went halfway through the season, maybe a little closer to half than halfway. But Elizabeth was there in the final four. Yeah, I would agree. Put Cindy Lauper lower, as much as I love Cindy. Meatloaf, Elizabeth, Cindy, Eric Stein, Roger, Mark Curry, Shambo Waters, Piers Morgan, Flo and Zach, Terry Dietz, James Rocky Reed, Chris Daugherty, Brian Heideck. What do you think of those three? See, I was just thinking as you were going through it that Shambo's too high. Shambo's too high. Yeah. Do you disagree? Yeah, I'd put Shambo, maybe move the, maybe right below Terry Dietz. Yes, I would agree. Are you still thinking Piers higher than Flo and Zach? Yeah, I, I think so. Do you disagree? Eh, I don't know. I could go either way. We'll keep it now. I would also like to point out that Terry Dietz was at one point about to be pushed off the list and is now number 14. It's true. You know, anything can happen. I just, we have uh, we have five survivors here in a row. Terry, Shambo, Rocky, Chris, and Brian. I would almost completely invert those five. Put Brian at the top? With the exception of Terry, put leave Terry at the top. And then do Brian, Chris, Rocky, Shambo. No. I would say, let's move Rocky down. Okay, where? I'd say Jonathan Victoria higher than Rocky. I would agree. Jervis or Rocky? Rocky. All right. I would also say Matt Hoffman or Brian Heideck. Which one's higher? I think Brian... But I think Matt's better than Shambo, which is why I think there's a... See, I, I think Shambo was was a great one-hit wonder. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we already moved her down quite a bit. Yeah. I conceded. Well, then, I, I, if that's the only other change that we were going to make, and, and you don't think we should make, make that one, which I... That, that's fine. Um, I think that should be our list. All right, let's go over it one more time, and if anything jumps out at us... Uh, number one, Shane Powers. Number two, Twyla Tanner. Number three, Tara and Will. Number four, Kathy Griffin. Number five, Colleen Haskell. Number six, Meatloaf. Number seven, Elizabeth Filarski. Number eight, Cindy Lauper. Number nine, Eric Stein. Number ten, Roger Bingham. Number eleven, Mark Curry. Number twelve, Piers Morgan. Number thirteen, Flo and Zach. Number fourteen, Terry Dietz. Number 15, Shambo Waters. Number 16, Chris Daugherty. Number 17, Brian Heideck. Number 18, Matt Hoffman. Number 19, Jonathan and Victoria. Number 20, James Rocky Reed. 21, Jervis Peterson. 22, Meredith and Gretchen. 23, Al Spielman. 24, BJ and Tyler. And 25, Troy McLean. I think that's a good list. I think it's a good list, too. I mean, we could spend another hour debating where certain people go but ultimately i really like the 25 we have on this list and uh we'll keep it as that 
So congratulations to Shane Powers. You are the number one one-hit wonder of reality television. Yes. And wouldn't it be awesome to see him come back? It would be awesome. And it still could happen. Who knows? I'd love to see Kathy Griffin on Survivor. Oh, wouldn't it be great? Yeah. Like, everyone thinks that Celebrity Survivor would be the death of the show, but I think there's a way you could do it. If you have the people like Kathy Griffin and Mark Curry. Yeah, they're... They were truly what made the celebrity moles, as much as people think they're a joke, that's what makes them great to me. It's sort of like the Celebrity Apprentice. They're, it's just so hilarious to see these celebrities be so goofy, yet well, try, to, try to have this strategy. it's the game of the mole, right? Like, yeah. In, under no circumstances are the celebrity mole about trying to figure out who the mole is. Exactly. Just like the goal of Celebrity Apprentice is not to get a job from Donald Trump. Right. <laughs> so, but, it, but I, oh, Kathy Griffin, watch that season. She's phenomenal in it. So, I, yeah, there's our list. If you think we snubbed anyone, maybe we didn't even have their name on the list, or maybe we bumped them off and you're like, oh, no, they should have definitely been on above Troy McClain. Uh, let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, and maybe if there's a huge outcry, we'll have to, to reconsider. But uh, I'm sure there'll be lots of controversy. I know some people are saying Flo and Zach should be number one. It, but, uh, you know, I think this is a good list. And uh, we'll see. we'll see what happens. Let's do it. All right. Well, we are updating this because we realized before we even published this that we had a mental blank i wouldn't call it a mental blank as much as we would dumb <laughs> either way however you want to put it but uh we completely forgot someone he wasn't on both of our lists and in retrospect we were like what were we thinking so we want to make sure that we include greg buis from survivor borneo on our list would you like to share a little bit about greg buis Greg Buis is Greg Buis. He is a totally unique, pretty crazy guy who just is seems like he'd be one of the coolest guys to pal around with on an island for 39 days. And he didn't take the game seriously. He was always trying to mess with production and just goof there, off. He was a huge star of the first season. And we are going to swap him in with... Uh, with Jervis Peterson. Personally, I think Greg is a better one-hit wonder than Jervis. Yes. So we're going to put him off our one-hit wonder list, and we are going to put, very proudly, Greg Buis on our list. Yes. So there you have it. But thank you so much, Jeff, for uh, taking <laughs> several hours to do this. I think it was fun, and uh, I think we got a good list from it. I think we did. So thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to check us out on our website, rubberpodcast.blogspot.com. Yes, and make sure that if you are interested, you can always check us out on iTunes and Facebook at David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.